Have you been saved by grace? This is Carol McLeod, your host on A Jolt of Joy. And I wonder, have you ever experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Now, I want you to know that grace never condemns, but grace will always confront the sin in our lives. Saving grace will point you in the right direction of the destiny that God has planned and called you to. Thank you for tuning into the Charisma Podcast Network as we talk about God's saving grace. Have you ever been caught in the very act? Have you ever been caught in a lie or in a transgression or in doing something you know you should not have done? Well, that's what we're going to look at in the scripture today. We're going to look at a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and how Jesus responded to her with pure grace. Let's review a little bit from yesterday and read in John 8, verses 3 through 5. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? So can you imagine this woman? She was caught in the very act. Picture it. Perhaps they brought her scantily clad with only a blanket wrapped around her. And and these righteous teachers looked at Jesus down their Jewish noses and they said to him, boasting that they knew the law, Moses said to stone her. The law said to kill her to disfigure her, to bruise her, to make her bleed, to make her pay. And then they said, Jesus, what do you say? John chapter 8, verse 6. They were saying this, testing Jesus, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Jesus stooped down. He got his hands dirty. What was he writing? We don't, we don't know what he was writing. We just know what he was doing. Grace gets its hands dirty. Grace doesn't have any stones in its pockets. Grace doesn't accuse. Grace is not prideful. Grace doesn't kill or disfigure or bruise or draw blood. You know what else? Grace never requires a payment. Grace just bends low and gets dirty. John 8 verse 7. But when they persisted in asking him, Jesus straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. You know, judgment just kept right on talking, right on requiring, right on exacting answers. But grace looked the law right in the eye and said, let's talk about you for a minute. John 8, 8. And again, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. Grace went back to the dirt again. Grace stooped low again. Grace refused to condemn again. 
John 8, 9 through 11. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone and the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. You know, it's true that grace never condemns, but grace always confronts sin with destiny. Grace always says, you were made for more than this. Jesus said, go and sin no more. Go and be who you were made to be. Don't go back to the bed. Go and sin no more. Go and walk in the light. You were not made for the pony ride at the fair. Grace treats us like we already are what sin has told us we will never become. People who have received the grace of Jesus have three distinct marks. They are facing one direction. They're facing their destiny. They're not going backwards in life. The the second mark is they can never go back. And the third one is their plans are no longer their own, but their lives line up with the plans of Jesus Christ. That's what saving grace is all about. The next kind of grace we're going to look at is called justifying grace. And in order to understand this particular kind of grace, we're going to read in Romans, first of all, in chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Let's also read Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Now, not only did grace buy you back, but grace has changed your past. Grace has made you like this, just as if I had never sinned. That's justifying grace. There's a beautiful story of justifying grace in the Old Testament, and we're actually going to read about it in Acts 13, verse 22. And after he had removed Saul, God raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Now, let me tell you about David. David was not a perfect man, but he was a man who chased after the heart of God. He wanted to act like God acted. He wanted to respond like God would respond. And that's what I want the Holy Spirit to say about me. What about you?
Carol was a woman who chased after the heart of God. She may not have gotten it right every time, but she sure did chase after God. You know, while David was chasing after God's heart, Saul was chasing David to kill him for nearly 10 years. Saul had chased David to kill him for nearly a decade because Saul was jealous of David. But Saul was killed in battle along with his sons in 1 Samuel chapter 13. However, let's read about the grace of God in David's life in 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1. Then David said, Is there yet anyone left in the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? See, this is grace. Others would throw stones at Saul's family. Others would murder the descendants of Saul. Others would make the descendants of Saul pay and pay a high price. But in David's life, in a man who chased after God's own heart, David said, I want to show kindness to someone in the family of Saul. Grace always exists to show kindness toward an offender. 2 Samuel 9, 2 and 3. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not yet anyone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. So Ziba points out that, yes, Saul's crippled grandson is still alive. His name was Mephibosheth. He was the crippled grandson of the enemy of David. And Mephibosheth was weak and dirty. Now, I want to remind you that in Mephibosheth, we see a picture of you and me. We're crippled, we're weak, and we're dirty. 2 Samuel 9, 4 through 6. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he said, here is your servant. So David sent Ziba to track him down. And let me tell you, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to track you down as well in your crippled, weakened, and dirty state. Second Samuel 9, 7. And David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. Grace says, don't be afraid. Grace says, let the kindness begin. And grace always restores what the enemy has taken. Grace says, sit yourself down at my table. A banquet has been prepared in your honor. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for the rest of the story of grace in the life of David and Mephibosheth. 
Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.